You're in tune to WWVU-FM Morgantown, the Pledge Your Love to the Moose Marathon. Don't forget, if you'd like to donate, you can always just go to the website, u92themoose.com. Click on the Donate button. For the next hour, we've got something very, very special for you. We're going to take you back in time to those thrilling days of yesteryear, going back to 1990, Halloween, the first, and I believe to this day only, radio drama U92 has ever produced. It is entitled Leaves. We will be broadcasting it in its entirety, and we will be bringing you some of the cast members reminiscing about the recording and celebrating this landmark event, which is comprised almost entirely of U92 students. The actors, the producers, the director, the sound effects, everything was generated in the production room at U92 back in 1990. My name is Chuck Woodford, the producer of the original broadcast of Leaves, and I'm joined by the screenwriter of Leaves, Rick Smith. Hey there, Rick. How you doing, Chuck? Also known as Angry Officer in the broadcast. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the part I'm actually proudest of, I think, Look, looking back in hindsight. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, well, it really is your best performance. Uh, it's the part that my mother still remembers, that's for sure, actually. Uh, saying saying uh, the Lord's name in vain on the radio, yeah. I, don't think, uh, I don't think she ever got over that. So yeah. No, 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 no. So we will get to Rick's masterful performance uh, in just a few moments. But what you're about to hear is a roughly 40-minute radio broadcast, a radio drama that Rick wrote and we ended up producing in the studios of U92 like I say, in the fall of 1990, technology back then was incredibly primitive. Uh, zero internet, if memory serves, is that right? Not at all. Zero internet? Not at all. Did not yeah. have access to the internet. We had this gigantic tape recorder. Uh, we had that in the studio, and we had our own imagination. A couple of chicken knuckles and some clapboards, and man, we were we were making audio magic. It's uh, it really is remarkable listening back to this um, because well let's let's actually dig in a little bit and talk about the story itself. Where did this idea come from for you, Rick? Well, it it really it was a, it was uh, inspired by two things. There there was an actual stone wall, uh, as as folks will hear in the story, um, uh, behind our house in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, uh, where I graduated high school and. Uh, we really did dump the leaves over the wall, and, and it just always struck me that if you leaped in, you would be literally buried. I mean, the wall itself was six and a half, seven feet tall, and the leaves by the end of the autumn would be almost up to the wall. And so, you know, deep, deep pile spanning several feet across. And then I started thinking about, well, if you did dive in, what might be in there waiting for you? <laughs> and, uh, and of course, m my mind working the way that it does, you know, I, I, I never really went up on top of the wall again. Uh, tell me about what did you go to then general manager Alex Gavula and ask him, like, um, how did that process start? I did. And shout out to Alex for for having faith in a, in a goofy kid, which, you know, was one of the, the great things about Alex was that, you know, if you came to him with the most outlandish idea, if he thought you could pull it off, thought you had a chance in hell of pulling it off, he would he would back you on it. But uh, yeah, it was a it was a short story that I wrote uh, my freshman year in college, uh, actually in a creative writing class for Dr. Russ McDonald, who appears in the cast. And it just occurred to me that, hey, we had this new four track that Alex was really keen to, to sort of put it to its paces and learn how, you know, have folks learn how to use it. And it just occurred to me that, hey, this might be an opportunity to do something like this. So I, uh, I banged out a 45 page uh, script adaptation, 
handed it to Alex and Alex said, you know, let's, let's take a shot. So what's going to happen is we're going to start to leaves here in just a few moments. There is an intermission. Uh, Rick and I will come back and chat just very briefly between the intermission, the first, first and second halves. And then we will join you again at the very end. But for now, it gives us great pleasure to present to you WWVU's original broadcast performance, 1990, October 31st, Halloween Eve of Leaves. What's the matter, Todd? You slacking off on your old man? No, it's just that if all we gotta do this crap. It's nature's way of helping teenage kids earn their allowance. And it keeps you out of your mom's hair on Sunday afternoons. Mickey doesn't have to rake leaves. Last time I checked, your brother was only about three feet tall and barely able to handle a dinner fork, let alone a rake. He has special treatment because he's such a runt. All seven-year-olds are runts. Besides, you were a runt too before you started raking leaves. If you bought one of those leaf mowers, Dad, we could be done in half the time. Okay, then I'll take the cost out of your allowance for the next five years and count it as your Christmas present till the year 2000. Okay, okay. I'll get the cardboard box so we can dump this pile over the wall. Good man. Mm. Dad, you okay? Just a twin, Jace. God, I don't know why they can't flavor these damn pills. Maybe you should knock off for a while, huh? Let's take a break. I think you're just looking for a way out of work. You're right. Hey, fling leaves at me, will you? Travis, how old are you? You back just like one of the boys. Do you want something to drink? Yeah, Dad's ready to kill over. Todd Michaels! Keel over? Gee, Mom distracted me. My lord. Where's the Sunday paper, Todd? On the table. It's a wonder you get any raking done at all. Your leaves from head to toe, Todd. Jeannie, my love. He made the mistake of taking on his old man in the Battle of the Rakes. Yeah, yeah. You're no better, Travis. You're both going to shower before dinner, or you can eat out on the porch. No way. The Steelers are playing. Let's see how they're rated for tonight. Todd Wallace Michaels, you drink straight from the pitcher one more time, and you're a dead man. Todd, get a glass. Pour me one, too. I, uh, saw you took a pill out there. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should leave the yard work to Todd and me, with the weather getting chillier. Jeannie, the pills are just for occasional pain, you know that. 
It was six months ago. I know it. I just don't want you keeling over while you two are out there playing in the leaves. My father, the geriatric case. Give me that glass of tea, boy. Where's Mickey, honey? Here I am, Daddy. Well, hello, Sam. I didn't realize you were here. Hi, Mr. Michaels. Can Sam and me go play in the leaves? We're playing G.I. Joe Rescue Rangers. Oh, no. Come on, Dad. They'll scatter them all over the place again. I think we manage that pretty well ourselves. Mick, you and Sam can jump off the stone wall into the big leaf pile. Just watch out for hidden branches or you'll poke an eye out. Ew, that goes. It's even grosser when you have to dig around in there and find it so you can put it back into your head. Travis, stop it. Don't you boys stay out there too long. Sammy, your mother will be here to pick you up in a little while. And, uh, Mickey, it's your turn to set the table tonight. Now that's gross. We're all going to end up with dirty forks again. Yeah, three apiece. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on, Sam. I declare. He's hyperactive. Some chemical they put in the finger paste down at that school he goes to. I still think he's adopted. I need chocolate. Take cover, man. Yuck, leaves in the mouth. Gosh, this pile must be bottomless. Yeah, like quicksand. Incoming duck. Ooh, that was close, Commander. Yeah, we should dig a bunker. Man, it'll be a wet and sticky at the bottom. Nuh-uh, it hasn't been since school started. Come on, besides only these. Okay. Sam! Mother just called! She'll be here in 20 minutes! Okay, Mrs. Michaels! Time is running out. I say we nuke him. Hey! Look what I found. A wallet. I wonder who it belongs to. I don't know. Hey, is there any money in it? Mm, nope. Maybe it lost some and it fell out. Maybe a hundred dollars. We could buy all the toys we want. Maybe it's a million dollars. Blood. Holy cheese, blood. It's a dead guy. It's a dead guy, Mickey. Daddy? Daddy? Right, get those cordons up there. Nobody crosses that line. <clears throat> Excuse me, could you please... Right, do you want to move those neighbors back out of the yard, please? Excuse me. Travis. Lieutenant Harris will speak to you folks in a moment. You'll excuse me. Frank, move those gorehounds back there. Jesus, what are you, hard of hearing? Listen, Mrs. Michaels. I'm Lieutenant Harris. Lieutenant, can you tell me what the hell is going on here? I can try. It was definitely a murder, sir. Dear God. Hate like hell to upset you like this, ma'am. But I don't want you thinking it was just an accident. Sure as hell was no accident. How are the boys? I understand they found him first. They're shaky, as could be expected. Hell of a thing. Sam's mother is inside with the boys. I'd better go back in two. Okay, honey. I'm sorry about this, Mr. Michaels. We just washed a dead man's blood off our son, Lieutenant. Thank God all the boys uncovered was the guy's leg. Are you telling me everything I need to know? I guess maybe I'm not. The truth is, someone took that poor fellow apart with some kind of butcher knife. Tell me, you always dump your leaves in the woods back there? Yes. My father put the stone wall up when I was a kid. You lived in the same house? Yeah, we... 
built the wall so we could dump leaves back there and not have them blow back into the yard. We just climb up the steps with the bags and dump them over the side. Handy. Yeah. I guess we've been dumping leaves there every fall since 1945. You can see how wide the pile is, and it must get to be about 12, maybe 15 feet deep this time of year. I'm sorry, I'm babbling. Not at all. It's been quite a shock. Privately, I'd say the guy was just some poor drifter. Probably came in on a train, what with the freights running down by the river. Possible he was traveling with someone else who killed him for whatever little money he had. The wallet was empty when your boy found it, wasn't it? Yeah. And if that's the case, then, I got my last cigarette that the perpetrator hopped back on the next freight and is long gone from here. You really sure of that? No, I'm not. But don't tell my chief I said so. He thinks I'm enough of a spoiler as it is. I'm just getting too old to put on a happy face for the public anymore. If I were you, Mr. Michaels, I'd lock up tonight. We'll be patrolling the area, and I'll station a 24-hour guard outside your house for a while. So don't let your family fret. Hell, I ain't seen anything like this in years. Didn't look like a man anymore. Your happy face is definitely slipping there, Lieutenant. Yes, sir, I guess it is. You own a gun, Mr. Michaels? Yes, I do. A shotgun. Take it out of your closet, load it, and keep it around. We'll be keeping an eye on your place, but, you know, you got kids. I know. Thank you, Lieutenant. the chicken, please, Dad. You got it. And this is your brother, Mickey. Are the police going to have a steak out, Daddy? Well, sort of, Mick. They're going to watch the house for a while. In, in case the killer comes back? No, honey. It's just to make sure that no one comes messing around in the backyard where they're working. The scene of the crime, right, Dad? That's right, Mickey. The scene of the crime. Jane, you want anything else? I can't eat right now. I saw a steak out on TV once and they shut the house full of holes. There's a big difference between TV shootouts and real life, Mick. Yeah, I know, but... I'm just glad you boys hightailed it in here and got me without digging around any deeper. That man wasn't an actor. Oh, Daddy. He's dead now. I know. <laughs> oh, honey. Dad? Yeah, Todd. I'm sorry. It's okay. Was it... was it that bad? It was really bad. You're old enough for me to tell you that. So you help me lock up before bed tonight, okay? Okay. All right. Now let's flip that tube on. See the Steelers kick some ass. This is Sanders out at the Michaels place checking in. Uh, Waldo, this is Sanders, over. I'm here, Gary. Caught me with a mouthful of egg salad, over. Sure wish I had one of those sandwiches of yours, Waldo. I went and forgot to pack a lunch. <laughs> I'm not so sure you'd want one of these here, darling. They're having a kind of, um, explosive effect on me. Yeah, well, don't wash it down with any of those infamous chili beans your wife makes. You'll gas the bums in the drunk tank. 
He's a law student, Waldo, so you better watch what you say about him. He'll have you in court. Oh, sorry, darling. You want me to send Connolly out with a couple burgers later on? He's just sitting around on his butt. I knew I should have married you, Waldo. You're the best. Town folks should stick with town folk. That's what I always say. That numbnuts Conley should have pulled this watchdog shift anyway. <laughs> That's a big ten for sugar. You stay awake now, you hear? Brought along the latest Stephen King novel to keep me company. Sounds like just what the doctor ordered. You check in again at four. Piss is ready to relieve you at six, over. Have a good night, Waldo. Sanders, out. Babysitting the civilians. Almost two. Actually... I don't want to read Stephen King right now. Some fun, Carrie. You might as well be a watchdog. I ought to file a complaint with the chief. Guess I'll take a walk around the house. Great. Batteries in this damn flashlight are going dead. Wow, wind really picking up. It's gonna be a perfect Halloween. Great. Wind snapped these cordons. Harris comes back and finds him laying in the grass like this and he'll... Hey. These didn't snap. Looks like they've been cut loose. I better get back to the car and radio this in. Damn flashlight. Hey! Who's back there? There's that stone wall. Hello? Is anyone back here? Police officer! Climb these steps, I can probably see them. Anyone out here? Oh my god. Somebody's been fooling around back here. The leaves are piled up again. Who the hell would have. <gasps> Alright, damn it, who pushed me? You think that was funny? Carrie, this is Waldo, over. 
Carrie, this is Waldo. Do you copy? I can send Conley down with those burgers now if you'd want. Come on, Carrie, now. No fooling. Sanders, you're starting to spook me here. Conley, take car two and get over to the Michaels place right now. Sanders. Sanders. Oh, come on, Carrie, please. You must be out of your freaking mind! Travis! Boys, come into the kitchen with me. Come on, Mickey. Mr. Michaels, please. Am I under suspicion, Lieutenant? It isn't a question of suspicion, sir. You wake up my family in the middle of the night to tell us that the cop assigned to watch our house has been killed on duty? Then you cart my family down to the police station to spend half the day being grilled by that half-assed excuse for a police chief. That'll be the detectives. Oh, well, then come the hell in. Mr. Michaels, I'm Carl Yeager. This is my partner, Bill Morrow. How you doing? He'll be staying in the house with you. I don't understand why you're keeping us here at all. For the record, it wasn't my decision. Oh, that makes me feel a whole lot better. I'm sure that within a couple of days, we'll be able to clear this up and you and your family can move to quarters away from the area. Whoever murdered that man and your police officer could butcher my family a dozen times over within a few days. And you think having Curly and Moe here are supposed to make me feel protected? The detectives will be armed, Mr. Michaels. That's right, sir. Yeager and I will take shifts. One of us will be on watch 24 hours a day. I did not kill anyone. No one is suggesting. Michaels, at this point, we can't rule anyone out. Jaeger, you and your partner get set to bunk down in the living room. Mr. Michaels, can I talk to you out on the porch for a moment? Yeah. Yeah. Nitroglycerin. I had a heart attack in the spring. I'm sorry for all this, Mr. Michaels. You might as well call me Travis, since you're my damn babysitter. Travis, then. My name is Alan, Travis. Under ordinary circumstances, I guess I'd be pleased to meet you, Alan. Nothing ordinary about this, and I'm sorry for it. The decision to keep you here was made over my head, but the fact is, we've got two corpses downtown that won't fill a coffin, Travis. One of them was a 26-year-old rookie policewoman who was going to marry her high school sweetheart in December. I don't want any more bodies turning up in your leaf pile, especially not yours or your family's. That's why I ordered the in-house guards. Jaeger used to be in CIA, Special Forces. They'll take good care of you. Smoke? No, thanks. I've always loved those woods. Jumped in that leaf pile every year as a kid. <laughs> My older brother used to try and scare me by telling me there was something waiting down in the leaves to grab me. But if I disturbed the pile enough by jumping in it, it would finally wake up and eat me. Look, Lieutenant, about my boys. I can do something about them, if you'll agree to it. My, my wife and I lost our boy in Vietnam. This room is empty, and I could keep them in my own custody till this thing is over. You can do that? I figured you'd want your boys out of danger. Thanks. Thank you, Alan. That thing your brother teased you about, the uh, thing in the leaves, did it ever grab you? Huh? 
No, I found a couple of dead animals over the years, but n no. Why? Maybe it took 45 years to get disturbed enough to wake up. And that concludes Act One of the U92 original radio drama, Leaves. We will be back with Act Two here in just a few moments. Also, I'm going to visit once again with Rick Smith, the screenwriter and creator of Leaves, originally aired on this station back in 1990. But first, a little reminder, this is the Pledge Your Love to the Moose Marathon. If you'd like to donate, we sure would appreciate it. You can visit the website, u92themoose.com, and click the Donate button. Rick, I got to tell you, listening back to this, it's remarkable. Now, what, 30, what, three years? Cheesy. Yeah. I'm in a 33 later. years. How, uh, how, how good it still sounds. So that brings about the question, how did, uh, how were we able to get, to, how were you able to get these performances out of just random students that would poke their head in and these two young boys? There were times when we would sort of run into brick walls with performances where I could hear it in my head, but we weren't getting what we needed. And, and the DeMacy kids, I remember specifically you saying, why don't you, you know, walk around outside and let me, let me talk to the two kids a little bit. You sat down with them and, and got performances out of these little kids that just delighted me no end. And I got to say, man, that's gross. It's still a go-to line 33 years later. I agree completely. Oh, it's priceless. Absolutely priceless. And I love but your it wasn't, just, it wasn't just the kids. And 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 to be fair, we had some terrific performers. They threw themselves into the production heart and soul. I listened to uh you know Dr. Russ McDonald's not with us anymore. He's he's been dead quite a few years now and he this, between, between him uh, as uh, Alan uh and Jen Barth uh, just blows me away. And I know that's coming up and I'm so excited for folks to hear that. It, it, the two of them together were just phenomenal. The other remarkable thing about that is that at the time, Russ was, how old? He was in his probably late 40s, 50s, and Jen was in her early 20s. And the fact that the two of them worked together so well as husband and wife was just remarkable. Yeah, absolutely. It was it, it, it was a terrific cast. Uh, it, it's amazing now. I take as much delight now as I ever did in the performances. And and where I spend most of my time sort of like thumping myself in the head is, is the Foley. Because you and I did the entirety of the Foley, the, the sound the, effects. The sound effects, yes. And, and I, I listen now and I think, oh, we needed this here. We needed this here. My God, Candy goes into the leaf pile and there's not even a big crash when she's murdered. It's it's there because you got the monster, but oh man, it just... Uh, I got to tell you though, she, listening back to it, what we were able to pull off. Oh yeah. It's just incredible. It's just in, like, like having the Night of the Living Dead in the background. And right. was that Halloween 3? There's a reference to that in the, the movie. Soundtrack, yeah. And then you come in quietly in the background but you can hear it. you're the tv announcer going coming up next <laughs> blood-sucking mo monkeys of west mifflin pa <laughs> yep yes yeah just, so, so being able to create i mean the highlight for me was being able to create all that background stuff to make it feel like you were actually in their home or out in the leaf pile or wherever the the scene's taking place that was for me one of the highlights okay let's get into the second half uh it, it's so very good um, this and we will be back at the very end with a couple of special guests joining us, and we will wrap up this broadcast of U92 FM's first and to this day, I think, only radio drama leaves. 
accounts of this grisly development, the most incoherent. Officials and newsmen first discounted that it was eyewitness descriptions of being beyond belief. However, the reports persisted. Medical examinations of some of the victims bore out the fact that they had been partially devoured. I think we have some late words of just arriving and interrupt to bring this to you. Turning in now, sir? Yeah. Is there anything else you need down here? No, sir. You folks sleep well. Everything will be fine. Yeah, well. Good night. You hungry, partner? Hope that fridge is well stocked. Drink this, honey. Mmm, Travis, that's too strong. I figured we could both use strong drinks tonight. Do you think the boys will sleep all right? You know how Mickey is in strange places. They'll be fine. I'm sure they both got a kick out of missing school today. I've read the same page for ten minutes and it still doesn't make any sense. I feel like a prisoner in my own house. It's just because that cop was killed, Jeannie. They're all upset. Well, so am I. I don't want you to go to the office tomorrow. I need you here. Those, those two detectives, they... Can you stay home tomorrow? I'll call Bonnie in the morning and have her give all my appointments to Stedman, okay? What's that piece of paper? Here's his phone number. Before he took the boys, he told me that if anything happened, no matter what, she'd give him a call at home. He's a good guy. A good guy would have let us stay in wheeling with your mother. It's the first time I ever heard of you wanting to visit my mother. What are you looking for? My brother's shotgun's been in this closet for 30 years, and I can't find it now that... Oh, here it is. Travis! Honey, it's just a precaution. The shells are in the drawer here, aren't they? Got them. I'm just putting it within reach, Ginny. The safety's on. It, it's just that we've never kept a loaded gun before. Never, Travis. It's like you're inviting something to happen. It'll be all right, I promise. Now let's try to get some sleep. Coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it! You're ignorant! They're coming for you, Barbara. Stop it! You're acting like a child! They're coming for you! Look! There comes one of them now! He'll hear you! Here he comes now! I'm getting out! Okay. Okay. Ready, Lieutenant. 
Good night, sir. Is that here? Who else? That old boy isn't too happy about us being here. Nah, he's just pissed because Mr. Middle Class Taxpayer and the little wifey have to stay here. Gold mine. Dig in, buddy. We got some cold cuts, some deli beef, Swiss, Monterey Jack. So what do you think, Carl? What, about Michaels? Hell, he didn't have anything to do with it. Then why all this jacking around with his family? I mean, if they were a couple of murders in my backyard, I'd want to move the hell out, too. Just covering all the bases, old buddy. Here, make yourself a sandwich. I mean, this is bad business. Nobody kills a cop and just walks. And if Michaels is involved, nobody can say we just blew him off. No, I guess it pays to be paranoid. Yeah, that's why both of us are here. Whoever cut up that rookie would have a tough time taking both of us out. Yeah, but, but from the way Harris described the bodies, I don't know. Whoever could do that to a woman might not stop to count the odds. <laughs> Going up against Butch and Sundance here? Come on. You want to take the first shift? you might be out here. The boy's asleep? I think so. That little one near cried himself to exhaustion, I guess. He reminds you of Timmy, doesn't he? Yes, a little. His eyes, maybe. It made me feel so old, Alan, tucking two strange boys into Timmy's bed. Those boys are going through a rough time, Dorothy. I know it. I know. Yeah, look at that. Heat lightning. But no rain. Looks like it's mainly over the hills down there to the south. Yes, over the Michaels place. How long are you going to sit out there? Till I come in, I guess. It's bad for your arthritis, you know that. Yes, Mother. And the cigarettes are eating up my lungs. You go to bed now. I'm going to take a drive. Over to that house? Yes, I expect that's where I'll end up. My gun belt's still in the kitchen, Dorothy? Someone banging on the back door. Might be Harris. He said he might swing by to check up on things. Yeah, he sure does have a bug up his butt about this. Most of your piece anyway, buddy. Lieutenant, that you? Jaeger, get off your ass. There's nobody out here. Jesus, that's cool. Oh, my gun belt's tangled in this damn blanket. Hey, Morrow, it's just probably just kids. This close to Halloween, I used to run around naked in the neighborhood. Oh, oh, dear God! What was that? Get up, Jeannie. Come on, get up! Travis, don't go down there! Repeating this latest bulletin just received moments ago from Cumberland, Maryland. Civil defense authorities have told newsmen that murder victims show evidence of having been partially devoured by their murderers. Medical examination... Headquarters. Headquarters. This is Detective Carl Yeager at the Michaels home on West College Drive. I need backup units immediately. My partner is dead. Repeat, my partner is dead. Unidentified assailant has entered the premises. I am cornered in the back room, calling on my handset. Oh, sweet Jesus. It's eating him. It smashed the lamp and I could barely see anything by the light of the TV. But it's eating him. It's eating my partner. Get the hell out of here right now. It hasn't come after me yet. I don't know what it is. 
It's huge and it stinks and it, it just came out of nowhere and tore his bill's head off and it's eating him. Please, oh God, come now. It's his head. It, it, Bill's head is laying on the rug and it's, it's looking at me. Its eyes are looking at me. Please, please help. There's, there's somebody here. It can hear. It hears the car. I'm going to try to shoot out the TV screen to, to distract it. Please hurry. Please, please, God. It's too damn quiet. There should be lights. What the... Alan! I'm in the upstairs window! There's something in the house! This is it. All right, Steve, tell him we're going to stay with it then. Michael, get out of the house! Be under control. Come on, Steve! What's going on there? The latch is stuck. There, got it. Run! Travis, here. Alan, it's coming around the back. It's after Jaeger. Where's Morrow? What the hell is... That shotgun looted, Travis. Michelle. Jaeger, over here. Right behind me. Jeannie, get into the car. What is it? I dropped my gun. It's it's huge. It's huge. It killed Bill. It, it. God, let's get out of here. God, what is it? Come on, Alan. Travis, you and Jaeger, get in the car. Come on. Get in there, Travis. God, God, what the hell are you? He's killing it. Oh my, oh my God. I'm out of bullets. There is one coming. It's less than 10 feet away. Shoot, shoot. Eat this, you son of a bitch. It fell. Quick, get in the car. I can't find my keys. Made it. Dear Jesus, we made it. I'm heading for the hospital. Just hold on, Travis. Hold on, honey. Honey, honey, just hold on. Honey, please hold on. Please, please, please hold on. sir great next stupid question Jeannie you okay <laughs> yes you were very lucky mr. Michaels it wasn't a heart attack severe stress reaction I'd say you went into shock stress tell me about it as I said you were lucky another heart attack right on top of the last one might have well you just rest we can talk more later 
Not more than ten minutes, all right, Mrs. Michaels? Thank you, Dr. Oh, honey. Alan. Where's Alan? He left after he saw that you were going to be okay. He went back to the house. Um, apparent, apparently, Hager called in way before uh, they were searching the area. Did they find it? No, but they found the bodies. Jaeger and the other man. Oh, Travis, what was that thing? Give it to me, Jeannie. Here. Yes? Travis, you all right? It's Alan. I've been better. They say I'm okay. What's happening? The damn thing just disappeared, Travis. I've been searching for it for four hours. It's like it slipped right back into whatever hole it crawled out of. The leaf pile. Alan, did you check the leaves? Yeah, I did. The men thought I was nuts having them circle around to cover it with their shotguns. It wasn't there. It came from there. From the leaves. Yeah, it's crazy, but something tells me you're right. After all these years, it got disturbed. The boys, Travis. Alan, the boys all right? They sure are. They're okay. They're sitting right here with me watching MTV. I didn't even know we had it. I came home and I've been leading the search by radio. I know you'd want me watching your family. Thank you, Alan. Honey, it's hot in here. Could you open that window? Sure. Are you sure you're okay, Travis? I'm really weak. I... Say, Jeannie, maybe that wasn't such a good idea. The wind's blowing the leaves all over in here. Guess that shock really blew my circuits there. This mm -hmm. leaf is wet. Oh, really? It isn't raining. Ew. Ew, it's mildewed. Travis? <gasps> no! Travis! Travis, for God's sake, Travis! 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 If you'd like to make a call, please hang up and try again. If you need help, hang up and then dial your operator. Original radio fiction from U92FM. Leaves was written and directed by Rick Smith and produced by Chuck Woodford with special thanks to Brian Price. The original score was composed by J.D. Fole. The part of Travis Michaels was played by David Huxall. What's the matter, Todd? You slacking off on your old man? Alan Harris, Dr. Russ McDonald. It was definitely a murder, sir. Jeannie was played by Jill Bame. I feel like a prisoner in my own house. Carl Yeager, Keith Matern. Going up against Butch's Sundance here? Todd, played by Richard Osborne. My father, the geriatric case. Carrie Sanders, Candy Roby. Actually, I don't want to read Stephen King right now. 
Mickey, Mark DeMacy. Can Sam and me go play in the leaves? Waldo, played by J.D. Full. Sanders, you're starting to spook me here. Bill Morrow, Craig Hoffman. Whoever could do that to a woman might not stop to count the odds. <laughs> Sam, Eric DeMacy. It's a dead guy. It's a dead guy, Mickey. Dorothy Harris, played by Jennifer Barth. You made me feel so old, Alan, tucking two strange boys into Timmy's bed. Angry cop, Rick Smith. Right, get those cordons up there. Nobody crosses that line. The doctor, Deneen Florence. You were very lucky, Mr. Michaels. It wasn't a heart attack. Severe stress reaction, I'd say. The producers would like to thank Tom Ketting and WDVE, Alex Gavola, the DeMacy family, Sam Valentino, Jason Middleton, and the staff of U92FM for their support. For the cast and crew of Leaves, I'm Stacy Weinhofer. is Leaves, originally produced in the studios of U92, Halloween 1990. If you'd like to make a donation during this Pledge Your Love to the Moose marathon, visit the website, u92themoose.com, and click on the Donate button. My name is Chuck Woodford, the producer of Leaves, here with the screenwriter and director, Rick Smith. Rick, I have to tell you, the uh, beeping phone noise segueing into the score by J.D. Fole it gives me chills every single time I hear it. Talk to me a little bit about JD and the creation of the score to Leaves. Oh man, I, I when when JD sat down and said, you know, I I can compose music, and I said, fantastic, because we don't have any, uh, <laughs> except for what we're stealing from Night of the Living Dead and where else. Uh, JD said, yeah, sure. You know, what are you looking for? And I thought about it and I said, I need the sound of falling leaves, but I need it to be spooky. And he said, sort of like a da 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 And I said, yeah, but cool. And he's like, yeah, okay, I got it. And he came back with like 40 minutes of music. I mean, it was, dude, it was mind blowing. It was, I just, it was so perfect and it fits so well. And it was amazing. And what's so funny is at the end with that operator message, an audience now has no idea what that is. Has no idea what it's like to get a busy tone and an operator. This is how long ago this happened. Again, everybody remember this is pre-internet. All all of the sound effects we had to find from sound effects albums or CDs. We actually generated a bunch of the sound effects in our in in the studio. Well, because remember, we had already gotten a we had already bumped into campus security because Jill Jill Bames screams brought campus security. This is supposedly a soundproof booth we're recording in and Jill screamed so loudly and so piercingly that a security guy came in and literally had his hand on the holster on his hip. He, I mean, he was in complete, he was white faced and I'm thinking, God, how far away did they hear that? (laughs) (laughs) He definitely had the voice. That's for sure. The big challenge for me kind of working behind the scenes as the producer was how to, how to paint this picture orally and how we were able at the very end when all the frantic ha- uh, the frantic attack is happening, we were able to bounce from one scene, one location to the next, to the bedroom, to the yard, to the kitchen, to, you know, right. where, and we were, and if you listen, you're able to tell, okay, now they're moving to a different place. Now they're in this room. Now, it's, 
it still holds up, which uh, is is really remarkable, considering again how primitive the technology was at the time and what we were able to pull together with uh, shoestrings. And you and I, people may not remember this either, but you and I cut this thing all night the night before it aired. We were still editing, splicing together bits of dialogue, putting together the master reel, uh, balancing the sound. I mean, we just, we worked on it almost until broadcast. And then do you remember we did some of the stingers live? Yes. So what happened was we recorded everything. We put this all, whole thing onto a four track tape. And then we hit, and then somebody's in the studio, somebody's in the main studio, and they say, they they cue us, we hit play in the production room, which is a completely separate room, the reel starts to spin, and Rick and I know that there's still some spots during this uh, broadcast that uh, are just empty holes, like you're looking for a door opening, or there's some kind of sound effect that, that's necessary. So Rick and I just sat there and waited for that moment at 13 minutes and 27 seconds where we needed to fire that thing real quick. It's like, Oh, okay, we got that. All right. What's next. Okay. At 23 minutes and two seconds. Yeah. It was uh it was fly by the seat of your pants. And like I say, I've never experienced anything like it in my life. It's one of the highlights of my professional career doing this with you and the rest of the cast. It was just remarkable. It was the greatest man. It really was. It was, it was the coolest thing the night it aired Halloween night to be in the studio Alex turned the lights down, gave us some ambience, and and it went out. and And people seemed to be pretty inter entertained by it. I mean, certainly the people in the station that evening quit doing their homework and shut up and listened. <laughs> it was great. It was magical. So, Rick, we're uh, going to have a couple special guests join us. Uh, actors on the show. A Candy Winger is joining us. She uh, was wonderful as Officer Sanders. Your performance was just great. You 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 walk this really fine line between being tough and also really personable at the same time. And it was it's really impressive to go back and listen to it. How many years ago was it? This was 1990. We're not going to do the, I think Rick and I did the math. It's what, 33 yeah. years almost? Holy moly. Yeah, I mean, it was so long ago. And um, I just remember going into the production room and <laughs> being told to scream bloody murder. And, the, you know, the first couple of times I was just like, ah, you know, and it was like, no, no, no scream like you mean it and I was like okay and I just remember coming out of the room I just remember everybody turning around being like oh my god because <laughs> I felt like you know I I, I had died yeah, yeah. so um <laughs> that was fun and I got to do it multiple times yes you really did fun. all right Rick we've got another very special guest that is joining us Keith Matern he plays Carl Yeager one of my <laughs> favorite deaths in the whole show Keith welcome as well it's good to hear your voice brother hey I think it's great that Chuck got together the people that I killed off in the script. <laughs> hey, I, you know, I had, a, I had a small role, but it was memorable, I'd like to think. There are lines in the production that I still quote to this day. One of them being the little kid going, hey, that's gross. But the other one is Keith extemporizing because we're like, okay, you're about to get killed. So I just want you to kind of talk for a minute while Craig is checking the door and is about to get eaten by the leaf monster. And you're like, yeah, man, we, when we were kids, we used to run around naked. <laughs> and that line, <laughs> yeah. but the run around naked line is my other favorite line from the production. I mean, that was my last line, I think, right? That was your last line before the attack happens. And before then, the yeah. attack. And then, then you get to lay under the table and look at Craig's disembodied head for the next couple of minutes you get to describe the nightmare to us <laughs> you know it, it was it was quite a while ago but i do remember the amount of work that was put in behind the scenes and 
the the passion and the enthusiasm that everybody had we were all excited about it and i was excited to be asked to be part of it so it was uh, it was a lot of fun and uh you know i'd heard it for the first time yesterday in a long time and uh yeah it it uh, it was impressive i mean for that long ago and how young we were and you know the production quality was great and it still is so well uh congrats yeah, it's. Uh, I was just telling Rick how well it holds up. And uh, Candy, I mean, this is something you worked at United Two for. We all worked at United Two for a good long stretch. Nothing like this had ever been done before. So, so you had no frame of reference when you walked in the studio, right? And and you know, a, a radio play. What was that? You know, I'd never contemplated you know this idea. And and I just remember you guys. I remember I was always needing the production room and you guys had time signed out constantly because you were working on this and I could never get any time in there um, because you guys worked so hard on this but I remember being really excited to be a part of it it was a couple of weeks man we we just we we were there late nights and long days it was amazing I skipped a lot of classes <laughs> So Keith, you uh, you say that you uh, listened back to it recently. Is there anything in particular that kind of stands out? I mean, your performance, like I said, is really fantastic because you you and Craig together, Craig Hoffman, who played your fellow officer, your relationship, it just seemed just perfect. In the script early on, somebody refers to you two as Curly and Mo, and that's just perfect because that's exactly who you two are. You're just two of the three stooges. Your relationship is so good together. I, I remember hearing Butch and Sundance. I like to think that we are more like Butch and Sundance. Yeah. Okay. I, I'd be Paul. Yeah. I'd be Paul Newman or Robert Redford. I don't care which. <laughs> um, it brings back good memories of being in college too, and just you know when you hear an old song, it kind of brings you right back to time and place. It was similar, similar experience. Yeah, I mean, for me, it, that's such a great way to put it because when I hear this. I'm taken back to sitting in that room at that radio station at that moment with not just the cast, but all of the other people that were working at the station at the time. Still one of my favorite moments in my life. And I'm well advanced in years and I've lived a lot and I've done a lot of things, but that college experience at U92 still for me is probably the highlight. It truly is the people that were there at the time and, and us all kind of figuring things out as, I mean, we were making it up as we went. Has, has there been a discussion yet about the, the amount of time hours wise that was put into it or uh, how many, how long it took to record the whole thing over how many days? I mean, again, it was a while ago, so I don't really remember. Yeah. I mean, uh, Rick and I talked a little bit. It truly is kind of a blur as far as what day did we start? Because I know when we finished, we finished it aired, I think at 6 PM or 7 PM on Halloween. And we yeah. finished about 6 45 like 15 yeah. minutes before air, we were still like, oh crap, we got to insert this and then this. And uh, it was right up until airtime. How many people were in it? How many people did you have in the cast? Yeah, uh, maybe nine or 10 total, yeah. including, uh, including Rick as the angry officer. Ah! Was little... I, I, liked in, I liked in the closing credits when you can revisit the voices. They, they mentioned who was in it and then you had a little snippet of yeah. their voice to remind the audience of... Uh, that astounding piece of acting, radio acting that they just heard. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you, and, and, and like, like I said, I mean, these were just fellow students and those, yeah. two, those two kids really were like kids, like, like they really were like eight and three years old or something like that. Lady and four, yeah. like four or five year old kid. And um, 
yeah, and they were fellow students and getting those performances. It's um, it's they they showed up. I don't no. remember, but is it is it like my name and then a piercing scream? <laughs> I think it, I think your mind was oh no, I don't feel like reading Stephen King right now. <laughs> yep, yep, that was it. Yeah, that yeah. was it. That was it. <laughs> yeah, and so so you, Candy, and then also uh, Jill Bame, who plays the wife. Yeah. Uh, Rick um, loves to tell the story about how with your screams, security actually came from the mountain lair. Like they came about that. They came to U92 and it's like, what in the world is going on here? And it was just this radio show and they were freaked out. Totally freaked out. I had completely forgotten about that. Oh my God. I'm guessing, I'm guessing uh, security ignored my screams. (laughs) did sound somewhat like I was being murdered because we did it over and over and over again. Yeah. And I'm sure they probably got, you know, louder and louder and louder. And then Jill, I mean, Jill just blew the doors off the place. I mean, and that was one of those scenes where, where we did it and we did it and I didn't like it. And Chuck's like, just walk out of the room, give it five minutes. And I was outside the room and this blood curdling scream just comes emitting out of everywhere and it's like oh my god that was it and here comes security through the door white-faced hand on his holster freaked completely out it was amazing it was kind of like oh no everything is fine here sir Keith you you had a challenging bit too it's funny because we talked about the fact that 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 uh Candy's kind of by herself but you had the big moment where you're under the table with the monster kind of thumping around the house in front of your dead partner and you're trying to get help on the radio. You know, what I probably was saying to myself is, you know, what would De Niro do in this moment? <laughs> what, would, what would Marlon Brando do? So <laughs> it. I, I was kind of channeling them through, yeah. I was just the vessel. It was actually Robert De Niro doing that acting. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love that shaking in your voice as you're sitting there trying to call for help. It's, it's exactly, exactly right. It was so great. Rick and Chuck, you both were very focused and you knew what you were looking for. So that's definitely helped. Yeah. And uh, I don't mind telling you with you, it was an uphill battle. Jesus. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, well, Candy and Keith, thank you so much for sharing your memories. It's great revisiting this. Uh, Rick, do you have any final thoughts? Just my thanks to to Keith and Candy and the entire cast, uh, to Kim Harrison and Alex Gavula. You know, we love you, Alex. We, you know, what an amazing time! What an amazing opportunity! And I, and thanks to you, Chuck. Man, all these years later, it's it's still such a joy to sit down and talk about this with you and and reminisce. Yeah, well, like I said, it's uh, one of the most, uh, one of the biggest things I've ever done, one of the most rewarding things I've ever done. So thank you so much for your warped mind for creating. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you so much for joining us on this look back at Leaves. If you want to hear the original radio broadcast as it aired in 1990 in its entirety, or if you want to hear this version with Rick and I rambling nonsensically about it as well, both versions are going to be available as podcasts. Just go to U92themoose.com and click on the podcast tab. You can also get other podcasts from U92 and WVU Student Media. Those are available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. So on behalf of everyone here at The Moose, thank you for listening and thank you for your donation. Once again at U92themoose.com.